Blog Talk Radio. Ladies, let's talk with Coach Gina, a weekly radio show for the working woman. We cover topics such as family, life skills, wellness, and business. You can catch us every Wednesday live from 8 o'clock to 8.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. At any time, click on the archives to listen to a previous episode. We are glad you have joined us. Take a deep breath, relax, and enjoy. Here's your host, Coach Gina Brown. Welcome to Ladies Let's Talk. My name is Gina Brown, your host, and oh my gosh, we have Coast to Coast tonight on the show. Before I introduce our guests, I just want you to relax, whether you're listening live or to an archive or still in your office or at the house or in the car or wherever you are, thanks for joining us. We have a great, great, empowering show for you um, for today. And so as we, it's publishing is in the air, publishing, books, education, information, empowerment, all of that good stuff. Our, um, you know, we need it. We need extra encouragement. We need the extra empowerment. And thank goodness for writers and encouragers like our guest who's willing to share and write and uh, do her thing. So. Without further ado, our guest for tonight's show is none other than superstar speaker, writer, host, and all the titles, Lorraine Starr. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm in California. You know I'm in California. How could I not say that? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. I'm so looking forward to it. So, oh, my gosh. So you are just released this book that is called Your Power Pivot. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, oh, my gosh, I love it. When I first saw the title, I was like, pivot. You know what I thought of? What did you think? I thought of a runway. I thought of a, a runway. runway. Yeah, like a mile fashion, like pivot, like move, like. Pivot, shift, like, that's right. Like, do something else, do something like shifting, you know? Shifting, so, pivot, turning around, rethinking how you see things, absolutely. Yeah, newness, newness. So what what prompted you? Why did you, what got you going on writing this? You know, I, I Gina, look, there came a time in my life two years ago where I was just sick and tired of women scapegoating. Um, I worked in the corporate world for 15 years. Then I left that, raised my children uh, until they went into kindergarten. And when I went back to the corporate world, all I heard was whining that <laughs> women weren't making, they weren't making the same amount of money as men. And they, oh, the glass ceiling is holding them back. And I had to take a step back and go, you know, stop. Stop. It's not about gender anymore. Business, the book of business has shifted. It's no longer a transactional book of business. It's transformational. And you can either get on that bus or you can you can play victim. Mm-hmm. So it took me two years to really 
write it the way I wanted it to be written, where it's all about, you know, women taking accountability, taking stock, and realizing that nobody can hold you back unless you let them, period. And, I, you know, for your listeners, I can say this. It's going to feel like you're sitting across the table having a glass of wine with me and an extremely frank and candid conversation. (laughs) I love it. You, you know, and, and if I and make I you uncomfortable, head, then I did my job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So in the corporate environment where you were, and uh, did you experience this from the high-end exec to the mid-exec level to the regular? Was it? You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was. I was in um, the corporate world back in the 90s, uh, late late 80s. And then throughout the 90s and into 2000, I never experienced a glass ceiling. And I'll be damned if a man ever made more money than me. It just didn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's because of my military background that, you know, I entered the male's corporate world. And we have to we have to realize they were there first, so they know the landscape. As far as the mentoring and whatnot, I was mentored by men because there weren't women before me. Mm-hmm. And... You know, there was no glass ceiling. There wasn't a glass ceiling in the 90s. At least I never experienced it. And I was in a very male-dominated field. Mm-hmm. Which was, so, can I ask, which one? Oh, I was in uh, biotech and pharmaceutical sales. Woo! That is pretty uh, male. Very competitive, <laughs> very cutthroat, very, you know, and I thrived there. I had a blast there. Um, and I climbed. I climbed really fast. And I did what I wanted to do corporate-wise. But then, like I said, you know, when I took the time off to have my kids, when I came back, my perspective shifted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little bit more mature. Um, and all I saw going back into the corporate world was poor management, crappy leadership, and whiners. And mm-hmm. You know, I remember going to a business uh, lunch, like a, when I started my own company, I joined a women's group, and I went out to dinner with them one night, and the women at the table were all complaining about how much money men made to their dollar. And, I, you know, I just sat there and I was like, this is foreign to me. What are you talking about? And they were saying, oh, you know, women at that time there, I think women at that time we're making like 63 cents to the dollar. Today it's seven cents to the dollar. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I threw the question out at the table. Did you ask for more? Yeah. Well, no. Now that, no, now I didn't. That's the magic question. No, they, women yeah. don't ask. They don't ask. And I was like, well, if you don't ask for more, what makes you think you're going to get more? You're not just going to give you more just because you think you deserve it. Oh, heck no. It's a business decision. Hell, I've hired women for less than I've hired men. Does that make me, un, you know, an unfeminist? Not at all. It was a business decision. If I could get help cheaper, I did. Yep, yep, yep. If you didn't ask for, if you didn't ask for more money, I didn't give it to you. Exactly. It's business. It's not personal. So that's definitely a training, right? And that's where the education comes in. If you don't know to ask, then you don't get. But if you know to ask and you send, that's really shame on you. And and I have to sit back and go, do women really undervalue their self-worth? 
Apparently yeah, they do. Yeah, that's uh, that's a yes. That's a yes. I mean, I know the studies out there. Trust me, you know, I work in the academic market now. I'm adjunct faculty here in the state of New Hampshire, and and it is so refreshing to have the millennials coming through. They have no idea what a glass ceiling is, which is <laughs> fabulous. Really <laughs> they really don't. You know, we, we finally have, and, and this, Gina, this kills me. We have a generation that's coming through now, the millennials, that are so empowered in their own right that Gen Xers call them entitled. I have to mm-hmm. scratch my head and go, really? They're entitled <laughs> because they're demanding work-life harmony and they're demanding fair pay? Really? That's entitled? Yeah. Are you just complaining about there's, that? There's, yeah. There's some layers to the reason why, but that's a whole other conversation and radio oh, show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that's great. So I have another question for you. So what do you mean by your term in the book, tossing the junk in your trunk? What is that about? Yeah, so, you know, I start off the book. The book is kind of funny. I start off the book talking about, and I'm very frank, I've been fired twice. I've, you know, I've pretty much hit the wall a couple of times. I'm ex-military. I, I am the the average American woman. I came from a very dysfunctional family, very dysfunctional family as a child. Tossing the junk in your trunk, for whatever reason, um, in my journeys, Women who have survived something in their past wear that survivorship like a badge, like a Mm. badge of honor. I survived divorce. I survived, you know, this tragic event or that tragic event. And I'm not by any means taking away that survivorship. Like I go, good for you. Good for you for having that strength to get through that. But on the flip side, are you letting it define you? Right. And, you know, there's, it's one thing to survive. I want women to thrive. There's a big difference in that. There's a big difference in that. I have junk in my trunk that I was able to toss and move on. Mm-hmm. It's not pretty. It's not glamorous. But you know what? It's in the past. I don't have to put that badge on and say, well, I'm a survivor of this trauma. Instead, right. I just move on. It's 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 not what I want to be known for. Right. It's, you don't have to announce it. Yes. Right. Hi, you don't everyone. have to announce it. And I and I do get if if you've got some psychologists that are listening. Look, I've got my psychology. I have my my backgrounds in psychology. I I get that that we go through in survivor mode. We go through that period where we want to tell everyone we're a survivor. I do get that. It's it's part of the healing process. But thriving is taking it that next step where it no longer holds you down. You're able to move past it and you're able to create the life that you want. And we open up the book, we open up your power pivot with that, saying, hey, it's up to you. You can stay survivor, and that's fine. If you want to be a survivor, or if you have friends around you that are constantly boo-hooing and whining about their lives, you have a choice. You can either stay and listen and let them drag you down, or you can get out of dodge. You can say, hey, you know, you need to thrive, and that's your personal choice. But if you just want to survive, that may not be my cup of tea. 
Yeah. So how do you shift them? What's your strategy in, in getting women to shift in a survival mindset? They have to want it. And that, you know, that that's a great question because that shift itself, I I can't change anyone. The only one that can change you is you. Mm-hmm. I find that with my clients that I work with that are stuck in that survival mentality, they either, if they want to thrive, they will. If they don't want to thrive, they won't. It mm-hmm. really is up to that person. And I'm not saying, look, there are some people out there that'll, that they are survivors and this defines them and they've built their life around that and they're happy. Good for you. You know, that's great if that's where you're at, but you're missing the rest. It's kind of like if you've never had pizza before, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of pizza and food, um, <laughs> but if, you, if you've never had pizza before and someone puts it in front of you and you go, oh, I've never had it before and I don't want to try it, then you miss out on it. You right. miss out on those robust flavors. and Yeah, it, it, it's a choice, and thrivership is a choice. So the first step for women out there that want to thrive, they have to decide that that's what they actually want. Yeah, yeah. And, um, wow, that's that's such a huge one because there's some people, unfortunately, that do choose not to, right? And that's heartbreaking. But Well, you know what, and, but that's their choice. But, yeah, I, I find it heartbreaking, but that's their choice. They're happiest there. And that's fine. They just will never know what a good slice of pizza tastes like. I know. They don't know what they don't know. <laughs> they don't know As what they said. don't know. You know, and I think I think along that lines, I think those of us that are in thriver mode, we've come to recognize that and we, we've come to recognize and accept that if you want to stay in survivor, that's fine. You can stay there, we can still be friends and life can be wonderful they're not going to enjoy it to the same level you are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's not your junk to carry. Exactly. So, I love that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm those getting are, the concept now, the junk in your trunk. I, I'm getting it. You're it's getting it now. So we've got to toss that junk that's in your trunk. We've got to stop carrying around that emotional baggage and start looking at what you have in front of you. Because this is it, you know, regardless of what religion you believe in, right now you need to live in the present and in the moment. And, you know, whether you go to heaven next, hell next, or you come back and and, and redo the mistakes that you made here, Mm -hmm. you got to make it count now. You got to make it count. You got to make it count. Time goes goes so fast. Mm hmm. Time does go very fast. So empowering and empowerment, and in that, there are things that we kind of look at in being real and honest with ourselves and being authentic. So what would you say, um, tell us what your definition is of authenticity. I think authenticity is knowing who you are, knowing what your values are, and then living your life that way. Mm-hmm. Too many times, I, I know with women, men men typically tend to live in their authentic self more often than women do. Women, we have this thing called our competitive nature, which actually stems back to caveman time. 
it's ingrained in our DNA that we wanted, you know, we we fought for the husband that was the strongest, that was going to provide the most meat for us, right? We want the fancy house, the fancy cars. Um, Being authentic to yourself means that you know what your needs are, you know what you, your wants are. You know, your needs are what you need to survive, whether that be love, respect, trust. Um, your your wants, on the other hand, are the big house, the fancy car, um, you know, the, the, the prize-winning dog. Those are wants. They're not needs. They're wants. Mm-hmm. When you're being authentic to yourself, you understand what those are. You let your needs drive you. Your wants just make life interesting. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. wear the masks. I, God, I, you know, I, I see so many women tell me they're so exhausted. I'm so exhausted, Loran, by the end of the day. And I'm like, well, no wonder. You're, you're acting the entire day. You're putting on a mask that no one gets to, no one gets to see the real you. Mm-hmm. You're hiding behind that. That's exhausting. It's a lot of work. And what do they say after you mention that? They usually agree. And they then do? we dive a little bit. They I'm usually, No, they usually agree. They usually go, you know what? Shit, I think you might be right. And I'm like, well, That's you know, so what are your values? All this energy is going out the window. and they're so Out the window. Yeah, I'm like, if your friends around you are only your friends because of what you drive for a vehicle, they're not your friends. At all. If, if, you know, if you're the household that everybody comes to because you throw the best barbecues because of the food, the house, the alcohol, the whatever have you, but then when you need a sweater, no one lends you theirs, they're not friends. They're They're there for your want they're there for your wants they're not there for your needs see when you're not authentic to yourself you end up surrounding yourself with other individuals that are attracted to you or are drawn to you because of your wants not your needs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's so it it's it's exhausting it is exhausting you know because then you start believing the mask that you're wearing is who you really are and then I can guarantee one day you're going to wake up and look in the mirror and go, I hate this mask. And then depression totally and, yeah. Right. Then these other ailments start All to develop. All these other ailments, stress and diabetes and heart disease. and Because you, you're you exhausted. Yeah. You it's, just get exhausted. Crazy. It's hard. It, it is, is hard, I tell you. And and I would, you know, I'd be lying if I said I've always been authentic. That's crap. Trust me. The well, only reason I know that. about being authentic is I've been there. Yeah. That's the and I, answer. yeah, you know, sitting back now, I, I, you know, I always use the quote with I've got very, I've got a handful, like I can count on one hand of my very close, dearest friends. The rest are all on the periphery, and I always say, those who know me know me well. Those who don't, you know where they can go. <laughs> like, right? Because my authenticity, is, it's there. It's its the, I'm strong, I'm opinionated, I'm, 
in my world always right <laughs> you know but i'm empowering i'm i'm yeah you know i i now live in my authentic self all the time whether i'm on stage talking or mm-hmm. you don't it you get what you get and yeah. Yeah. it either works for you or it doesn't they either yeah. Love, yeah, they it works for them or it doesn't, or they love you or they don't, you know. And it's okay. You're you're so and confident that's okay. Now, it doesn't matter because it is what it is, and that's you, and you don't need to change. Yeah. Or you don't have. You'll you don't always need to you already have. No. <laughs> and you'll always know where you stand with me. It's a beautiful thing. It's ref- I get. I get the comment all the time that you, I always know where I stand with you, Lorand. It's so refreshing. I'm like, that's good. That's good. I don't want you wasting time wondering where you stand with me. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. We're going to take a quick break, Loran, and um, after the break, let's talk a little bit more about what women are doing repeatedly over and over again that just isn't working. Maybe you can uh, share some tips uh, to our listeners on, like, stop doing that already. Mm-hmm. Right after the sure. messages. Spring is officially here. But before you get started with your spring cleaning, perhaps another matter deserves some dusting off, like that long-term financial plan. If you haven't started already, now is the time to begin saving for your retirement, no matter what your age. If retirement is near, you'll want to jump into the fast lane right away. If you're younger and retirement seems a lifetime away, it's still in your best interest to begin saving now, as the magic of compound interest will work to your advantage. Experts agree that saving when you're young will make a world of difference when the time comes to draw on your retirement savings. Don't just take our word for it. You can check out the numbers yourself using Social Security's online retirement estimator at www.socialsecurity.gov estimator. That's www.socialsecurity.gov slash estimator. Hey, everybody. This is Gina, your host, and we are back. We have our guest, Loran Starr. She is the author, author of Your Power Pivot. Welcome again. We're so glad to have you, Loran, to our show. My pleasure. My pleasure. Good stuff. So before break, I was mentioning what are women doing over and over again that isn't working? Gosh, from a personal standpoint, um, women allow their own negative talk tracks to be repeated over and over again. These are lessons we learn as children as we get older. Um I'm not pretty enough. I am not worthy. I'm not so that when they get in a position to succeed, those negative talk tracks begin to play in their head, and they listen to them. Mm. They listen to them, um, and you know one of the techniques that I had to use is I actually had to start answering back to them. Yes, there was a period of my life where I felt like I was a little Sybil, (laughs) multiple personalities Uh talking to myself. But when I'd hear those negative talk tracks, I'd start saying, says who? Where's this coming from? To neutralize them. That's awesome. Tell them to go away, right? Just talk to that one bully friend or something and say, get get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Get out of here. Says who? Leave me alone. 
Leave me alone. I think the other thing women tend to do, because we we tend to fear our own self-worth. Now, you notice I said we fear our own self-worth, mm-hmm. right? It's not that we don't know what our self-worth is. Women know. Any woman I've ever spoken to knows how great they are. Mm-hmm. But they're afraid of their greatness. So what they do is they start sabotaging their own success. They create and develop the fear of success versus Mm -hmm. the fear of failure. We fail every day. I mean, through failure comes growth. So women aren't afraid to fail. They're afraid to succeed because they fear how great they are. I think what women need to do there is just embrace their, you know, (laughs) embrace their greatness. I mean, I look around my office. I have stuff on my walls that just remind me that I'm doing okay. I'm doing better than okay. I'm freaking a rock star. Mm -hmm. Right? And and some of it's a little over the top, which just makes me chuckle. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. Yeah, realizing that you know, <laughs> in order to reach the stars, you got to you've got to reach for them, and not be That's afraid it. of that. Right. Not be afraid of that success. Identify what that success is. What does it look like? Um, what will it look like when you are successful? You know, understand where that fear is coming in, and then neutralize that emotion because that's all fear is. It's just an emotion. Neutralize mm-hmm. that fear. So what's the worst thing that will happen if you're successful? And yep. fear starts to go away. It's so uh, it's so not real, but we make it this big monster that's going to eat us up. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that is really a big common one with um, entrepreneurs, um, women in general, but... It's a big one, and I'm so glad you wrote this book to help get through, you know, let it go. Let it go. This book will definitely give you a shove in the right direction. (laughs) (laughs) And I love your candor. You just, like, shoot from the hip, like, this is what you get, and if you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. Well, that's just it. You know, it's, it's... This is what's worked. This is, you know, where I've seen my clients thrive. This is where I've thrived. And it's all about, you know, that accountability to yourself. Stop making excuses. If you're not successful, I'm sorry. It's your own damn fault. Mm -hmm. End of the story. And when you start looking at your life that way, things will change. Yeah, I like that. So give me one example about the salary thing, because we know so many women are not good at asking. Do you have a, a statement or something that you could just share if, if you know, sure. So yeah. if, we, if we pick on salary again, I'm going to give your listeners the advice that I got, God, 20 years ago. Um, I went on a job interview, and I was hired for the company at the same time another rep was hired for the company, and he made 15% more than I did. Like, we found this out at training. We became good friends, and we were talking mm-hmm. about salary one night. And I was, and I looked at him and I go, how the hell did you get 15% more? I thought 
like what they were offering me, which was 38000 at the time. I was like ecstatic that they were offering me 38000 you know, a year out of college. And he looked at me and he goes, you didn't ask for more? And I said, no. He goes, look, anytime you go on a job interview, here's what you need to remember. A couple things. First thing, everything is negotiable. Everything is negotiable. The second, salaries are set in a range. So therefore, when they give you your number, when they say, we're going to offer you a position for 40000 you ask for 20% more and they'll meet you at fifteen. Uh-huh. Nice. I have done that every job interview I've ever gone on. I have never been underpaid. Never. Often I'm that's the a, higher paid. That's a golden nugget for someone. A lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, but I know that that's a golden nugget for somebody. Mm-hmm. How can we get a hold of you because our show is ending and you Oh, my goodness. Yet. It flew by. So you can go to my website, uh, loranstar.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-N-S-T-A-R.com. You can reach me there. There's a contact button. And you can pick up my book on Amazon.com. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. Amazon.com. Get her book. It will be inspiring, motivational, and you will thrive. Thanks so much. You've been fantastic. And I look forward to connecting with you down the road real soon. Yeah, thanks, Gina, for having me. This was fun. All right. Thanks, listening audience. We'll see you next week on Ladies Let's Talk with Coach Gina. Remember to smile because it is good for the soul. Good night, everybody.